Chris Kreider picks up the hat trick to lead the Rangers to a 7-4 win over the Montreal Canadiens, but the Rangers also lose Blake Wheeler due to an injury. We talk about how this impacts the trade deadline for the Rangers and why it means that Capo Caco will almost certainly not be traded. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 1006 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And that intro song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every Day. So the Rangers coming off of what was mostly a really solid 7-4 win over the Montreal Canadiens. There were a couple of uh, things you could nitpick, you know, maybe not the best start for the Rangers in this game. And, you know, one or two turnovers leading to goals for the Canadians. They weren't always sharp in the shift uh, that follows a goal. What else is new there? But for the most part, very, very strong performance by the Rangers. They really kind of hit the gas in the second period and ended up scoring seven goals in the span of about 19 minutes, which is Almost impossible to do at the NHL level, but the Rangers pulled it off. And uh, obviously, Chris Kreider leading the way with a hat trick. A lot of Rangers had multiple point nights. The Stars were uh, really out for the Rangers. But I think maybe the biggest news coming out of this game is the fact that Blake Wheeler was injured. And obviously, it did not look good. I don't want to speculate too much. But, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit. It was at the opposite side of the rink. But the injury to Capo Caco, where you know he hit the boards awkwardly and his leg gets caught behind him and he just kind of you know falls backward and his leg just bends in a way that it's not supposed to bend. That's what happened to Wheeler last night. That's also uh, what happened to Capo Caco several months ago. But yeah, I mean, basically, you know, you're midway through the first period here and pucks in the corner behind the Montreal net. Uh, Wheeler's down below the goal line there. And he gets hit, you know, clean hit and everything. And it wasn't the hit that injured him. It's the way that he fell from the hit that injured him. His, his uh, you know, his skate just kind of got caught. It was like pinned awkwardly against the boards. It kind of just got stuck there. And he falls backward, uh, did Wheeler. And um, obviously it wasn't good. He, he tried to get back up for a second and then he fell right back down. And you could actually uh, hear the Madison Square Garden crowd gasp a little bit uh, when that happened. But obviously you got the trainer out there. Uh, Kreider and Trocek kind of helped him off the ice and he went right under the stretcher. And again, I haven't seen anything definitive today as far as like how much time he's expected to miss, but obviously it did not uh, look good. We'll see what happens. And we got word early in the second period of this game from Sam Rosen that Blake Wheeler would indeed not return. And first and foremost, you just feel for Blake Wheeler. He's somebody that took some time to get acclimated and uh, certainly he's not playing like prime Blake Wheeler did, but he Clearly has gotten better, more comfortable, and um, more productive offensively as the season has progressed. He went a long time looking for his first point. It must have been like 13 or 14 games there. But he's been playing mostly on the top line with Mika and Kreider. And again, not point-per-game kind of production, but basically half-point-per-game type production. You can at least live with that. And again, he has gotten better and better as the season has continued. And now um, you just hope that he can eventually return at some point to the Rangers. But 
there's a ripple effect here. There's, there's a lot of uh, other ways that this impacts the Rangers. First and foremost, one of the first things that I thought about here was that there's been some trade talk recently about Capo Caco, and you could pretty much bet any amount of money that that is not going to happen now because even in the first place, I'm not so sure that it really made a ton of sense to trade Capo Caco. I'm seeing these trade proposals, you know, things like Caco and a second round pick for Adam Henrique. And, you know, I like Adam Henrique as a trade target for the Rangers, but no, I mean, I'm not giving up that much for Adam Henrique. And, you know, you combine that with the fact that the Rangers were already thin at right wing. To me, it just didn't really make sense to, to trade Caco. I mean, you could make a case for, it, I suppose, if you feel like Caco is going to be too expensive going forward and he's just not a part of your long-term plans, you could at least make a case for it. But now that Blake Wheeler's out and the Rangers are obviously in win here, win now mode, yeah, Capo Caco is not going anywhere. And um, they're they're obviously going to hang on to him through the deadline at this point. Uh, the other big takeaway from this is that, you know, or the question rather becomes, who is going to now play on that top line with Mika and Kreider. It could be Kako, but with the way that that third line has played recently, that third line looks about as good as any um, iteration of the third line that we've seen this entire season. Cooley, Brodzinski, and Kako, they uh, combined for, I want to say, like three points in this game. I, I don't think that Brodzinski ended up with any points. I know Kako obviously had a goal. Cooley scored. Cooley also had an assist, uh, but they look good. They're out there buzzing on every single shift. I don't know that you want to break that line up right now, and... They've been hesitant to break up the Panarin line in general, so those three would stay together. By default, you might be looking at uh, Jimmy Vesey playing on the top line with Mika and Kreider. And the everydayers, you guys will know, this is something that I've talked about off and on really throughout the entire season because we've seen Wheeler get multiple chances with Mika and Kreider. We've seen Kako up there multiple times. We saw Brodzinski there for a brief spell. And um, I, I just feel like at a certain point, maybe maybe Jimmy Vesey deserves a chance. Jimmy Vesey's got double-digit goals. He's been one of the elite fourth-line forwards around the entire league. I, I don't think that's hyperbole to say that. And I, I feel like, you know, the way everything kind of fits right now, it looks like I might finally get my wish of Jimmy Vesey playing on the top line. I get the feeling that's what we might see uh, during the stadium series game. Now, look, obviously, this is not the way that I wanted it to happen with Blake Wheeler getting injured. Would never wish injury on anybody, uh, much less a player on the New York Rangers. But um, yeah, you know, obviously it does create an opening and it does create an opportunity for other players. We'll see if uh, they go with Kako, if he gets another crack there, or if they go with VZ. And obviously throughout this game, you're down to 11 forwards, a lot of mixing and matching. You know, Panarin was double shifting for certain portions of this game. But Jimmy VZ got a, a decent run with Mika and Kreider. We saw him play there a little bit with those two in recent seasons under Gerard Gallant. Would Peter Laviolette do the same thing? Uh, we're going to find out probably sooner rather than later. Uh, the other thing that happens now, kind of as a uh, result of the Wheeler injury, is you've got a situation where obviously somebody now needs to step into the lineup, unless they go with seven defensemen, which uh, they haven't done often, and um, teams in general don't do that very often. But assuming they go with a 12th forward for the next game, and there's somebody out there in place of Blake Wheeler, you've basically got two candidates. It will either be Alex Belzeal or Matt Rempe. Uh, Belzeal was the 13th forward for the Rangers in this game, but he was obviously the healthy scratch. And since Wheeler got hurt, the Rangers have also now uh, called Matt Rempe back up to the NHL roster. So this is going to be interesting. I think it could go either way. Uh, Rempe obviously was called up with the Rangers just a short time ago, but uh, did not end up playing in any game there. He was sent right back to Hartford. And what an opportunity for whichever player gets to dress on Sunday, because if you're Alex Belzeal, 
It's a heck of a way to make your Ranger debut. It's a rivalry game against the Islanders, and you're outside in MetLife Stadium with a couple tens of thousands of you know fans there. So that would obviously be cool for Belzeal. And if you're Matt Rempe, it's an even crazier situation because he wouldn't just be making his New York Ranger debut. Uh, he would be making his NHL debut if he's out there uh, in MetLife Stadium this Sunday at 3 p.m. against the Islanders. And, you know, a thought that kind of occurred to me is Matt Rempe, you know, big, strong, physical kid, right? 21 years old and fighting is a big part of his game. Can you imagine him getting into a fight uh, in his NHL debut against the Islanders? Once again, a rivalry opponent and doing so once again, in front of tens of thousands of Ranger fans in MetLife Stadium. That would be a heck of a way to make your debut. And it also kind of makes me wonder, and uh, you know, I'll try to look this up at a certain point here, but if it is indeed Rempe who makes his NHL debut, I'm trying to think, like, has any NHL player ever made uh, their debut in an outdoor game, their NHL debut? I'm not so sure that it has happened. There's nothing I can think of off the top of my head. If you guys happen to know, uh, definitely let me know, but... Kind of an interesting situation for Rempe if he indeed gets the call. As far as who I think it'll be, I'm thinking maybe I was going to say Bill Zeal, but yeah, I'm going to say Bill Zeal. Bill Zeal's a little bit older, and obviously Edstrom is still kind of getting his feet wet, and he's very young. If you go with Edstrom and Rempe, I mean, that's two-thirds of your fourth line, and there's next to no experience there. Doesn't mean that you can't do it but I get the feeling they might go with the veteran. They might give uh, Alex Belzeal a look, and uh, maybe Rempe is in the next one. You know, we'll see how it goes. It also makes me wonder, uh, this injury to Wheeler, does Brent often become a uh, an option at a uh, point going forward here as well? Obviously, we saw him called up for three games with the Rangers, and worth pointing out that in his last 16 games with Hartford, Brent often has four goals and 10 assists, so he's racking up points down there. He is just 21 years old, and I know a lot of people, you know, when I bring this up, they're going to say, well, you don't want to stun his development, and he's still got some growing to do, and he might not be the defensive player that the Rangers would like him to eventually be, um, you know, before they commit to him full-time at the NHL level. I get all that, but, you know, you're trying to win the Stanley Cup, and again, a bold move like this, I think it could be worth it. It also allows you to determine, you know, heading toward the trade deadline here, you got a handful of games left. Is Brian Othman an option for the Rangers going forward, or do they need to make a move? And, um, you know, Offman's not quite ready yet. You can't count on him to have a big role. And the only other thing I'll say to the people that say, oh, you can't call him up. You can't mess with his development. I hear you. I understand, especially when you look at recent Ranger history and a lot of forwards have been maybe put in the NHL before they were 100% ready. I get all that. Brent Offman right now is 21 years old. Matt Rempe is only six months older than Brent Offman. And everybody seems to be on board with Matt Rempe being called up and more size, more toughness, more physicality, all that good stuff. And I realize they'd be playing different roles for the Rangers. You know, Rempe, I think for sure, would start on the fourth line. Offman, uh, you could kind of make a case for him going anywhere. And with Offman, you know, you're looking for offense. Rempe, you're kind of just looking for that physicality and that toughness. But don't tell me that 21-year-old Matt Rempe, who was a former six-round pick, is 100% ready to go at the NHL level. And Brian Offman, you know, first-round pick, just six months younger than Rempe, is, would be completely lost at the NHL level. Again, I can understand the case being made to leave Offman at the AHL for the rest of the season. But, I mean, when you look at the fact that, again, Rempe, they're basically the same age. Um, I think it's at least an option that should be considered calling Brian Offman back up. Um, again, all of this uh, depends also on how long that Wheeler might be out 
And I don't really want to speculate. Again, it didn't really look that good, but I haven't seen anything definitive as far as how much time that he's expected to miss. So we'll see. Obviously, fingers crossed that he can make it back. And uh, all the best to uh, to Blake Wheeler going forward here. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. Going to turn our attention to some of the highlights of this game, including the hat trick from Chris Kreider. Going to mention what I think was maybe the most encouraging aspect of the hat trick uh, from Kreider. So we'll do that. Also going to talk about uh, the Ranger third line. I really think that they've stepped up recently. And like I said, this trio looks about as good as any trio that the Rangers have had on their third line the entire season. And then uh, also going to talk about a couple of things that I want to circle back to. Tyler Pitlick recently was waived. Going to talk about that. And also the Rangers giving a two-year extension to one of their defensemen. So we'll get to all that good stuff in just a second here. First, though, we definitely would like to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by our very good friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. All right, keep everything rolling just a second. We do want to let everybody know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. All right, so let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Want to uh, get to sort of the man of the hour here. Of course, that would be Chris Kreider. He ends up with a hat trick in this game. And the thing to me that was encouraging, a couple of things really, but for starters, thought Kreider got off to a really good start in this game. Even the first shift of the game, you know, he was flying into the offensive zone. Uh, Wheeler tried to find him. Obviously, this is before Wheeler got hurt. Uh, put the pass a little bit too far in front of Kreider. So he wasn't able to score there. There was also a situation. Uh, this is right before Kreider's first goal. And Mika Zibanejad made a great stretch pass, you know, across the ice, led Kreider into the attacking zone on a breakaway. Kreider was not able to convert there, but he did uh, just a couple of seconds later. Honestly, Kreider could have very easily ended up with more than three goals in this game, which kind of sounds crazy. But I mean, there's a couple of examples right there where he was not far away from putting the puck in the net. But, you know, I mentioned the breakaway, right? And that shift continued. Kreider's breakaway opportunity was turned aside, but they, the Rangers eventually work it back to Kreider. Kreider hammers a one-timer. This is with 8.51 left in the second period. Uh, it's the Rangers' first goal of the game. And as I mentioned in the intro, this is the beginning of just a complete Ranger onslaught because, again, this happens with, we'll call it nine minutes to go in the second period. And the seventh and final goal scored by the Rangers occurred with 10 minutes to go in the third period, or, you know, within a couple seconds of 10 minutes. So the Rangers basically scored seven goals in the span of 19 minutes. You might not see that again uh, this season. 
Hope everybody enjoyed it because that was just absolutely awesome. But you don't expect to score seven goals in a game, much less essentially seven goals in one period. I know it was between the second period and the third period, obviously, but less than 20 minutes of actual gameplay. Uh, that's absolutely incredible. And like I said, once the Rangers got it going, and obviously it started with this first goal from Kreider here, tied the game at one-to-one. -one. Uh, they did not take their foot off the gas and obviously continued to pad their lead. You know, the Canadians shipped away a little bit too. High-scoring game. Obviously, it's not a long-term recipe for success, you know, winning games by such high-scoring margins. But you play 82 of these, uh, you're going to get into a track meet sooner or later. And obviously, very happy that the Rangers were able to uh, come out on top here. Getting back to Kreider, though, his second goal, uh, this is on the Ranger power play. So the Rangers finally score on the power play. I want to say it was like six straight games before this one of not scoring on the man advantage for the Rangers. So it was nice to see them finally uh, break that curse. You've got Panarin taking a shot from the blue line, and Kreider's there in front of the net to deflect it home and um, give the Rangers a 4-1 lead at that point in the game. And at this point, it was four goals in the span of just four minutes and 10 seconds. So basically averaging uh, a goal per minute at that point. And then uh, the third goal, uh, you got Schneider. He moves the puck out of the Rangers zone. The third Kreider goal, this is, of course. And you've got Montreal is about to play the puck, but VZ basically uh, knocks his guy off the puck and must have gotten a piece of the puck as well because he was credited with an assist. But basically, he bodied his guy. The puck goes forward. Mika picks it up in stride. Mika you know, zips into the offensive zone there, passes to his left to Kreider, and Kreider shoots and scores, makes it 6-3. to three in favor of the Rangers, completes the hat trick, the sixth hat trick of Chris Kreider's career. And again, the variety of the goals that he scored here. Obviously, you've got one on a one-timer that he scores. Of course, you know, Kreider scores three goals. We know one of them is going to happen on a deflection while he's in front of the net. That was the power play goal that he scored. And then the final goal here, you know, scoring on the rush from Mika Zibanejad. That's another thing. I, I thought that Ranger top line, uh, Mika and Kreider and whichever player happened to be with them on any given shift uh, during this game, they look very dangerous on the rush. And that's an area where I think they've started to look a little bit better. There's just too many times in the past, you know, up until recently where that line just has so many nothing shifts, but they actually look fast. They look dangerous. They look like they're playing with some urgency. They're They're getting zone entries. They're going to the net. Uh, good things happening when those guys are on the ice. And obviously the points are starting to pile back up for Mika and Kreider. And as a quick aside here, I want to go back to, the second power play goal, or the second goal, rather, scored by Kreider, which happened on the power play. So it's unfortunate, obviously, that the Rangers have struggled on the power play as badly as they have. But in a weird way, and you guys let me know what you think about this too, I feel like it's maybe a blessing in disguise because we talked so much early in the season, even when the Rangers were on that rampage and winning, you know, 18 of their first 23 games, whatever it was, it was something in that ballpark. And um, basically just taking the NHL by storm. They had the best record in the league. While all that was happening, there was kind of that feeling of, you know, well, they're relying a little bit too much on their power play. You know, there's not enough uh, damage. There's not enough offense at 5v5. Well, yeah, it's unfortunate that the power play slumped recently, but again, blessing in disguise because it's forced the Rangers to step it up a little bit 5v5 and not rely on the power play. Not always think that like, well, you know, we'll get a couple of power play chances. I'm sure we'll score on a few of them. No, they haven't been very good at all on the power play. But again, the, the silver line there, the good news there is that it has forced them to step up 5v5, and they've obviously done that now having won uh, six consecutive games. So just thought I would throw that out there. And hopefully, obviously, the power play fixes itself sooner rather than later. We saw those different uh, power play units not too long ago. Very, very short-lived experience um, or experiment, I, I suppose I should say. But 
Um, you know, obviously, uh, they get at least one power play goal here. And as I said during our crossover episode with Laura from Locked On Montreal Canadiens, if you tell me the Rangers right now can score one power play goal per game, I will definitely take it. They only went one for four in this game, but uh, I suppose that's better than nothing given the way that things have been going recently uh, for that unit. Uh, Going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to turn our attention to the Ranger third line, specifically Capo Caco, who scored a goal in this game and seems to be finding his game a little bit, heating up, uh, certainly playing better hockey than he's played all season. Uh, we will do that in just a second here. First, though, we definitely would like to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big ongoing fights after providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is offering a digital seminar for families and couples. Did your Valentine's gift of tickets to the game not go over as well as you'd hoped? Get the couples and family online seminar for 25% off for the month of February using the discount code Locked On. Again, that is discount code Locked On for 25% off for the rest of the month at www.caminoconsulting.ca or mention Locked On when reaching out for a business seminar and receive the first five profiles free. All right, let's keep going here. Talk a little bit about uh, Capo Caco and, and the third line in general here. Um, it's funny because I predicted in our crossover episode with Locked On Canadians again that Capo Caco would score a goal. But, you know, it's it, you feel better about that prediction when when the team ends up winning like two to one and you pick a third liner to score and they score. Uh, that That's when you can really stand up and take a bow. But, you know, when they win seven to four, it, it's almost like, man, I really hope my guy scores or I'm going to look bad. But uh, Capo Caco did get one, took him a while but it happened in the third period. But regardless, uh, Kako and that entire third line, I thought looked great the entire game. They're out there just buzzing right now. And LaViolette was asked about them not all that long ago. And he said that they've earned some more ice time. We saw him even put that line out there against uh, Montreal's dangerous top line a couple of times in this game. And they fared uh, pretty well when that was the case. But yeah, I mean, these guys, again, you know, they, they get out there and they're just buzzing. Johnny Brodzinski, not too long ago, was talking about, you know, being the center for this line. And he commented on, it's just kind of a unique line because Kako and Cooley play you know, different styles from each other. And uh, Brodzinski, man, I mean, he's just living his best life right now because this guy is a career minor leaguer. And now one of the low-key, you know, coolest stories about the Rangers this season is Johnny Brodzinski's emergence and the fact that he is finally finally been able to stick at the NHL level. And um, obviously I, I would imagine he's not taking a moment of it for granted, but he had to start the season in the minors with the Wolfpack had to clear waivers just to even get there. You know, the Rangers could have lost him before the season even started because he had to pass through waivers. And now, I mean, he jumps a bunch of guys in the pecking order and uh, become a very, very important part of this team and of this third line. And as I mentioned, this third line, whether it's these three guys or any version of the third line that the Rangers have run out there this season, uh, they look better now than they have at any other point. So uh, just, just thrilled for all these guys. And Capo Caco, you know, the goal that he scored, you know, just, just a blue-collar goal by this entire line. That's kind of become a staple of these guys, you know, um, just really working hard to maintain possession of the puck in the offensive zone. Cooley, in particular, had a couple of guys all over him, would not give up the puck. 
Eventually, Kako gets it. Kako starts to head back up the boards and then stops on a dime, basically fakes uh, the defender right out of his skates. The defender fell to the ice, and then Kako drives to the net and um, scores short side, just kind of snuck it under the glove there. A little bit of a sneaky shot by Kako, but um, that obviously concluded the scoring for the Rangers, made it 7-3, to and, uh, of course, they went on to win 7-4. to I have to propose a question when it comes to Capo Caco, though, because he's playing the best that he's played all season right now, and he's doing so on the third line. Caco got multiple chances earlier this season with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, and yet he's now playing better with Johnny Brodzinski, you know, again, a guy that, no disrespect because I'm a big Brodzinski fan, but a guy that basically has been a career minor leaguer for his entire, um, you know, tenure in the NHL up until this season. He's playing with him. And he's playing with Will Cooley, a 21-year-old rookie. And when you think about it, most of Capo Caco's success in the NHL, when he starts to you know, really find his game and, and really basically just start to, to, to tease Ranger fans everywhere about, oh, here it comes. Here comes the Caco breakout. When that has happened, more often than not, it feels like he's on the third line. And we've seen him get chances on the first line, uh, certainly more chances with LaViolette this year than with Galant the last couple of years. But think about it. I mean, again, he's excelling right now with Brodzinski and Cooley. And in the past, what other line did Capo Caco really have a lot of success? Which line in the playoffs the one year uh, really kind of took flight and on certain nights was the best line on the ice for the Rangers or their opponent? Well, that would be the kid line. He was out there with Philip and Alexi Lafreniere. So I'm just wondering, like, is it possible that Caco just feels more comfortable when he's not playing with superstars, like, is there something about playing with whether it's Panarin, you know, we've occasionally seen him on the Panarin line, never seems to really stick for that long, but in seasons past, we've at least seen him get a couple cameos there. Uh, we've certainly seen him get some run with Mika and Kreider for one reason or another. It just feels like, you know, he does better with, um, you know, the, the role players than the star players. And I don't know if he just has better chemistry with some of the role players or again, maybe with the star players, he tends to just kind of overthink things and tends to defer a little bit, play a little bit more passive. Maybe when he's on a line with Brodzinski, again, the guy that for the most part in his career has spent more time in the AHL than the NHL. He's out there with that guy, and he's also out there with the 21-year-old rookie. Is he more comfortable being a more assertive player and um, you know, maybe maintaining possession of the puck for more often than he otherwise might? You know, that goal that he scored in this game, Maybe if he's out there with Mika and Kreider, you know, he's trying to force a pass to one of those those two players instead of uh, just going to the net and scoring himself the way that he did here. So just food for thought, but I just can't help but kind of marvel at the fact that when Kako's at his best, it's when he's actually away from the Rangers' best players. We talk about how everybody gets the Panarin bump, and, um, you know, obviously playing with Mika and Kreider, you would think that that would be good for a young player like Kako, but he seems more comfortable, again, when he's out there with uh, you know guys that are kind of on his level and guys that are, Young in some cases. I mean, Brodzinski's like 30, but you know, obviously Cooley's very young. Lafreniere and Hedl were very young when they had the kid line together. So I don't know. Again, just, just kind of food for thought and something that I'm going to be interested uh, to keep track of going forward. But uh, something else I want to shift our attention to here before we call it a day. A couple of recent Ranger transactions that I've been meaning to get to, and uh, we're finally going to be able to circle back here. So Tyler Pitlick placed on waivers. And also, Wolfpack defenseman Brandon Scanlon agreeing to a two-year extension with the Rangers. And we'll start with Pitlick. Um, every dayers, you guys will probably remember me saying at one time or another throughout this entire season that it's nothing against Pitlick, but it's always been really hard for me to see a scenario where Pitlick sticks on the Ranger roster, or at least in the lineup for the entire season. You know, maybe he could get by as like the 13th forward and the healthy scratch on most nights, but when you look at everything that's happened here, I mean, first of all, 
it was interesting to me that Tyler Pitlick was in the lineup on opening night and Jimmy VZ wasn't. I thought that was a mistake. I thought VZ is and was the better overall player. And certainly we've gotten confirmation of that this season. Uh, I want VZ to be out there. He was not. But I mean, you look at like everything that's happened and all the different uh, Ranger forwards that have been called up uh, by this team from the minors at one time or another. I mean, right now we've got Rempe and we've got Edstrom. We saw Brandon Offen for a handful of games. We saw Riley Nash. Uh, Alex Belzeal is on the team right now. So there's a got a lot, a lot of guys kind of knock, knock, knocking as far as, you know, getting into this Ranger lineup. And you also consider the fact that Tyler Pitlick for quite some time now has very clearly been the 12th of the 12 forwards. So the second the Rangers, you know, make a trade for somebody or again, call up one of these players from the Wolfpack and look to give them some run. The player is almost guaranteed to take Tyler Pitlick's spot in the lineup. And, you know, Pitlick, again, it's not a lack of effort. Uh, he's a physical player. He lays in some big hits every now and then. But, you know, you just look at, you know, the lay of the land and, and the fact that he's now very clearly been passed in the pecking order by Jimmy Vesey, who was a healthy scratch at times at the start of the season. He's also been passed in line clearly by Johnny Brodzinski, who is now the third line center, uh, at least for now. You know, we'll see if they make any moves. But, you know, Pitlick has, has barely been hanging on to that roster spot. And uh, finally, it occurred he got placed on waivers, as did Nick Bonino a little bit earlier this season. And uh, Pitlick did clear waivers. He's going to be heading to the Hartford Wolfpack. So, you know, we'll see if if he if he ends up back up with the Rangers. I get the feeling that if they make any more call-ups, they might try to aim a little bit higher than Tyler Pitlick. But, you know, once the playoffs roll around, you can carry a few more players. I could see him maybe as like a healthy scratch for the Ranger playoff run, however long that might go. Um, he does have at least some experience in the playoffs, does Pitlick. But... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just kind of the natural way that things shook out this season. You know, Pitlick, again, not a lack of effort, but sooner or later, somebody was probably going to take his spot. And it does look like that's happened uh, for the time being with Adam Edstrom. And once again, all the best to Pitlick with the Wolfpack. And uh, we'll see if we end up seeing him uh, at all a little bit later this season with the Rangers. And as for Brandon Scanlon, 24-year-old defenseman, uh, undrafted. He has agreed to a two-year extension with the Rangers. Uh, the contract is worth 775k at the NHL and 250k at the AHL. Uh, Scanlon this season seven goals, seven assists, 14 points in 43 games with the Wolfpack. Uh, his seven goals leads the Wolfpack as far as defensemen are concerned, and he's now played 119 career games with the Wolfpack over three seasons. Has 11 goals, 19 assists, and is a plus 21 in that time. And I don't want to read too much into this uh, re-signing here. I get the feeling that they just see this as organizational depth, but you know, there's some conjecture about what the Rangers might do with their defensemen after this season. Ryan Lindgren is a restricted free agent. Do they re-sign him? What would that contract look like? Would they trade Lindgren? Uh, would they possibly trade a K Andre Miller? There were, there were rumors about that. Would they possibly trade a Braden Schneider? Um, impossible to say for sure, but Maybe the idea here is that if one of those guys does get traded, Scanlon becomes an option. I don't think he's the exact next person that they would go to, and they might even look to bring in, you know, an inexpensive free agent. Seems like every offseason, uh, the Rangers bring in an inexpensive free agent defenseman on kind of like a one-year deal or a short deal. Um, so that might be something they look to do. And again, don't want to read too much into it. After all, Scanlon has never played in the NHL, but... Uh, it's possible they did this with an eye on the future. Like, okay, let's make sure we give ourselves at least a little bit of depth and somebody that we could maybe see having, you know, some kind of a role at the NHL level with the Rangers uh, at some point in the future. I certainly don't think it's going to happen this season. There's just too many people in front of him. But if nothing else, good player for the Wolfpack and um, organizational depth for the Rangers. So 
figure we can pretty much call it there uh, for today. Obviously, uh, definitely looking forward to our stadium series matchup with the New York Islanders. Once again, that will be happening at MetLife Stadium on Sunday at 3 o'clock. And um, always a lot of fun watching these outdoor games. So definitely looking forward to this one. And uh, let's see the Rangers go out and get number seven in a row. Can't wait to uh, watch that game and come back here and talk about it with you guys once it concludes. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. And thank you guys so much for helping the channel reach 2,500 subscribers. Means a lot. You guys are the best. And um, yeah, if you haven't subscribed, uh, please do so. Sometime, whenever you get a minute, uh, it's for your own good because uh, these episodes, nine times out of ten, are available on YouTube before they are available on audio. So just a quick PSA there. And once again, thank you guys as always, and I will see you next time.